Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And today we're going to be talking about accessing the realms of certainty. Woo! Praise the Lord. We want today's message to remove doubt, uncertainty. We want to dissolve the question of which way to go. And we want to have a solid answer. And I believe that today's teaching will help you in this area. You're going to access the realm of certainty. Praise the Lord. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures to the eyes of our understanding. And we ask that the direct route that you have for us, knowing that There's a million different things we could do, but that we will go the direct route that you have for us. Father, we pray that it would be revealed today by the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you. There are many that are watching. They have decisions, even uh, important decisions to make. And we pray, Father, that the right path be revealed today, that the answer will come today. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Praise God. Now, we have to understand today as we begin that the Bible is God's manual for profitable living. Woo! Praise God. It's a manual for profitable living. You could actually call the Bible the new constitution of the kingdom. Praise God. Here's my Bible right here. Praise the Lord. This is the new constitution. And while I have read uh, the U.S. Constitution and the various articles, um, you know, there's other nations that uh, maybe you don't have a constitution that would secure certain freedoms. And even if it does say it in your constitution, you know, all it takes is for corruption within the earthly governmental system of corrupt leaders to really make such a document void in many ways. While we thank God for good laws and uh, good rules to guide society, the highest, the highest guide of all is the Bible, God's Word. So this is the constitution of the new kingdom. And I want to speak just for a moment about the Bible being God's manual for your profitability. Woo, praise God. I like that. God is going to cause you to profit this year in great measures. And look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, as we see the value of this incredible manual that we have placed into our hands. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." So God's manual, when we study it, when we meditate on it continually, it is going to lead us into the right path, a path of prosperity and also a path of good success. So this is not the Bible. Uh, It's not just some type of old fuddy-duddy religious historical type book, although all the history is accurate. And uh, it is what we would call pure and undefiled religion. But my friends, it's a manual for the way that you and I are to live and govern our lives. Praise the Lord. You know, my wife got me a, a electric coffee cup 
And uh, uh, honestly, for the first few days when I had the coffee cup, I couldn't understand really how to use it. It would have, uh, at the bottom, it would have a flashing light. Sometimes it would flash white, sometimes it would flash green, and then sometimes it would pulse longer or shorter on the lights. And, uh, you know, then, it, then if you turned it upside down, it had a button you could push. And this was like a, uh, maybe you could call it a really advanced coffee cup. And while I put my coffee into it, I couldn't figure out what all the stuff meant. So when something like that happens, when uh, it's not working that, the way that you want it to or the way that you know that it could, what do we do? We fall back, we pull out the manual. So I got the manual and I read everything about that coffee cup. And by the time I was done, 10 minutes later, reading the manual, I understood what this light means, what that light means and everything. And now I can take my coffee and place it in that cup and it will keep it at the exact perfect temperature that the inventor, this scientist, uh, he found the most pleasant temperature to keep coffee at. Not too hot, although it is very hot, but it's, it's, just, it's just right. It's amazing. It's dialed into that degree, and if I wanted to, I could adjust it, but I found out he's right. That is the perfect temperature, and it stays at that temperature as long as you have uh, coffee in that cup. And I really enjoyed that cup, praise God. How many of you, when you drink your drink in the morning, and if it's hot when you start, and five minutes later it's cold, well, that solved that for me. But still, I had to go back to the manual so I could figure out how to operate this device that its creator had created and intended it to be used the right way. So God created us. This is the manual, the Bible, His Word, that leads us into very profitable living. Praise God. We see this very clearly as we go back just for a moment to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. Now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high, set you high above all nations. That's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to lift you up. He wants to flow through you so that your life brings him glory. And that's not going to happen with you uh, living underneath the trash can. God wants to set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. So we have these various instructions to obey and also to observe carefully. So this is a manual that we must carefully observe and not just learn about it, but also obey what we know to do. Let's see what the Lord Jesus said over in the gospel of Matthew. Praise God. We're going to Matthew chapter seven. And let's take a look just for a moment at verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. Somebody is following the manual to a T and it's working for them. And God describes such a person as that, the believer who does that as the wise, the wise man. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended, the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great 
was its fall. That is the person that uh, did not give heed to life's instruction manual. Praise the Lord. And we're going to do what the manual says. And so I, I, I want to take us to a scripture that the manual points out that we must follow. And let's go to Jeremiah chapter 33. We're going to talk about accessing the realm of certainty. Jeremiah 33, verse 3. Now, many of you, without even looking, if you haven't turned there yet, or if you haven't pulled it up on your smartphone or whatever it might be, you already can probably quote this verse by memory. The uh, distinctive number arrangement is very attractive, and it really causes this verse to easily stick within our spirit. Hallelujah. But I want you to notice part A and part, uh, part B, because the church has majored in some ways on part A, but there's also a tremendous blessing to part B. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Here in verse three, we have a two-way channel of communication that is going on between uh, God and his child, his servant. So, I think it's important for us to understand that God is not just a prayer answering God. Although that's extremely important, we want our prayers to be answered, but we must not limit this verse only to the first part, call to me and I will answer you. That's very good. But he is not only a God that answers prayer, but also God is a God who answers, watch this, not just prayer, but he also answers questions. Mm. Now, I like this. God is a question-answering God. Call to me, and I will answer you and show you, show you. In other words, Lord, I thank you that you've answered my prayers, and uh, maybe, uh, you know, you're you married and you wanted a child and you prayed and, uh, you know, God caused conceivement to happen. Now you have a child and maybe you needed a job breakthrough and God gave you a job breakthrough and God is answering prayers in your life. But there's other areas where God wants to show you uh, and you're calling out to God. You're calling out to him. And yes, God can answer prayers, but this is calling out in the manner of a question And sometimes the question needs to be answered with God showing you what to do. Lord, I've got four options here, and they're both being presented. Which way do I go? Lord, do I go to the north, south, east, or west? You know, when I was uh, young and I was in my 20s and I was single, the Lord told me in a supernatural experience to leave where I was at, which was in Texas, and move to California. So he told me to go west, and I obeyed, and I went west. He showed me, he showed me through divine encounter which way to go. But the word of the Lord has to be the fresh word of the Lord because there was a latter time when I got married and Kelly and I were launching off into ministry that the Lord spoke again. And this time he didn't say go West because if he would have, well, I mean, if you're already in, you know, in California, you're on the coast, the only place to go West, maybe now Hawaii, we're going to go all the way around to the other side. 
and the visit, visit the lands on the other side of the Pacific, maybe Japan or something like that. But no, God then said, go east. <laughs> and we moved to North Carolina. So you have to know which way to go. And that is the element where God, he answers prayer, but he also answers questions, Lord, which way should I go? Now we see this also in the book of Ezra and you can be a leader in the body of Christ. You could be somebody that prays a whole lot and uh, really has a good walk with God like Ezra did. And you still can have times where the uncertainty needs to be removed concerning which way to go. Ezra chapter eight, verse 21. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. So the core principle of the prayer of calling out to God is basically, Lord, we don't have GPS yet. We know that later some really smart people are going to invent that. and That'll be nice. And Lord, we don't have modern uh, paved concrete asphalt highways. We don't have any of that. So this is going to be a long journey. And Lord, it's not like there's a road that we can just get on and start walking on the paved road and look at the nice signs and check into the hotel at night. So he's saying, Lord, show us the way to go. We're seeking from you the right way for us. Now, of course, there would be a general path, but you know, should you deviate off that path, maybe swing over and uh, maybe go over this way. Uh, maybe it's a few miles out of the way, but it's a lot safer or this or that or the other. So all of these variables involved with moving a bunch of people uh, across a long distance with many dangers involved in the center. And so Ezra is crying out to the Lord and he's seeking from the Lord the right way for them to go. Praise God. Verse 23. So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayer. This prayer is different from asking God, Lord, you know, I'd really like a motorcycle. I, you know, I'd really like a motorcycle or Lord, I'd like, I'd like an ice cream cone or whatever it might be. No, this is a prayer that has a question that has a question in it. So yes, God answers prayer, but you have to understand also that God answers questions. Mm -mm. And so often those questions, uh, they revolve around this area of direction. Lord, what should I do here? Which way should I go? These are the options or Lord, is there an option that I don't know that you do know of? <laughs> so you also want to not ask, not only ask questions, uh, endeavor to ask the un the unknown question that you don't know that God would already be aware of. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go look at the life of David. He was an absolute uh, expert in this area. And of course, it made his life very exciting and marked him with many successful victories. We're now over in Second Samuel. We're in chapter 5, and I would like for us to drop down to verse 18. Verse 18, the Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord. What is an inquiry? It's a, it's a question asking 
uh, type prayer. And this is different from other types of prayer. This is a prayer that involves a question. Maybe we could even call it the prayer of inquiry. Mm-mm. So David inquired of the Lord saying, so here's his question. Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? Wow. And the Lord said to David, go up for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So you need to know that if there are questions that remain in your mind concerning certain issues, then you can bring those questions before God in prayer. And just as God is able to answer prayer, God is also able to answer questions. Mm -mm. And that's what David did. And he got the victory. Praise God. Verse 22. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord. Wow. My friends... David was a great, uh, he was a great warrior and they won many battles, but you have to understand that, uh, while we need, uh, you know, military training in, in, in the context of his life and you need military strategy and, uh, you know, you need a good sword and let's get the uh, soldiers armed the best that we can still, even with that, there's the God factor that's involved in this. And you want uh, the Lord to be in your battles. Uh, You want the Lord to be involved in your decisions. And so David, once again, has made inquiry. And this time, there is a different response. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord, and he said, you shall not go up, circle around behind them. Now, how in the world would David ever have known to do that unless he had asked the Lord what, what he's supposed to do. And then the Lord told him, there's no way in the world he would have known that. And what if he would have done it the traditional way or the way he did it last time? And you just go out and you meet him, you know, like a frontal type assault one-on-one. Well, David could have lost a lot of men needlessly because the whole time the Lord's thinking you're supposed to go around to the back. That's their weak area. And that's also the area that I'm going to bless when you do, when you do it my way. So we need to not be stuck on, this is the way I want to do it. We should really desperately want to know God's way. And so often the only way to find that out is to inquire of the Lord. You shall not go up, circle around behind them, and come up on them in front of the mulberry trees. <laughs> okay. All right, Lord, uh, uh, none of my generals advised me to do it that way, and uh, the troops might not quite understand why we're going to do it like this. But, yep, that's what you said, and that's exactly what we're going to do. And, of course, God's instructions always work. They're always successful. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Glory to God. So I want you to think about this statement. Asking God questions is not weakness, it's wisdom. When I grew up in school and I'm sitting in class as, a, as let, let's say like elementary type school and the teacher is teaching or talking, well, when I grew up in class, if you were to actually raise your hand and ask a question, the other kids would laugh. Particularly, they would laugh if they understood it. 
But of course, what we find out later in life is that there are many there sitting there. They don't understand it either, but nobody really wants to ask because they might feel embarrassed that uh, that just reveals that they don't know or they don't understand it. So sometimes people sit quiet and uh, they, of course, we would sit there in the dark, as we would say, not knowing. But we need to ask questions. Asking God questions is not weakness. It's wisdom. And we need to walk in this wisdom of the prayer of inquiry. Now, let's back up just a little bit further to First Samuel. And we're going to be this time in chapter 30. And we see that the Amalekites have raided David's base camp there at Ziklag. And while David and his men were away, that's when the Amalekites showed up and did their raid, and they carried off all of the animals, all the possessions, carried off the men's wives, carried off their servants. And, uh, you know, the guys come back, and the camp is totally empty. And, you know, when your wife is gone and your, your kids are gone, all these thoughts, of course, would go through your mind of, what are these wicked men going to do to the women? And what, you know, we've lost everything. And so there is this uh, emotional uh, wave that would just strike against the soul of a man. And it, it caused tremendous distress to David. Verse 6, now David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him. How many of you know that the threat of being stoned to death? Yeah, that could cause a little bit of a perspiration, perhaps, the breakout on your brow. Now, David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Now, that's not all David did. He pulled himself together, and he said, Lord, I've gotten prophecies. I'm destined to, for the throne, and I'm not going to be sitting on the throne without a wife. I'm not going to be sitting on the throne with all my children uh, having been wiped out. This can't be. And then he moves into what became a trademark uh, habit of his life. Verse 7, Then David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? Now, you have to be neutral in your inquiry. You really do. You have to be a very genuine truth seeker. You cannot try to fabricate the outcome. You cannot try to manipulate God, or even try to play tricks with your soul or your imagination, start getting into the flesh, and, oh, I, I heard God. Well, you know, you really, if you really want to get God's reply, because he'll answer questions, then you're going to have to pull yourself together and then present the question in faith. Uh, it has to be genuine request. It has to be done in faith. And then you have expectancy that God will speak to you, and he will. He absolutely will. And don't try to formulate, well, God's going to say this or God's going to say that. Just present the question and then step back and wait with expectancy in faith for what God is going to do. Praise God. David said, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. And I, I tell you what, when David heard that, 
He was infused with faith and courage and strength. Basically said, men, pick your heads up, stop looking down and stop moaning and groaning. We're going to chase the Amalekites. We're going to kill them and we're going to get everything back that they have stolen from us. Everything's going to be okay, but we got to get moving quick. Get your swords. Everybody get ready to go. And I tell you what, that's exactly what David and his men did. Praise the Lord. Powerful. Praise God. Anytime you have an area in your life where you sense, hmm, Lord, seems like this is not working the way that it should. Lord, what's going on here? Lord, I need your insight. Well, if you will just present the question to the Lord, the Lord loves to answer questions and he'll show you exactly what you're supposed to do. Now, here is something that I want you to take to heart. Anytime you present the question to God and you wait and you have faith and expectancy and God speaks, it will always do two things. Number one, the first thing that it will do is that it will release peace directly into your heart. Peace will come into you. Well, you see this in Psalm 85, verse 8. Psalm 85, verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. So God will speak peace, and he will lead you into peace God's not going to lead you into a disaster. God's not going to lead you into a plane crash or car wreck. God will speak and lead you into peace. So when the Lord answers and he gives his answer, it will always speak peace to your life. Woo! Praise God. Mm -mm. Now, secondly, the second thing that will happen when God's answer comes to you is that the joy of the Lord is released into your heart. And we see this in Psalm 89, verse 15. Blessed are the people who know, some translations say, who hear the what? The joyful sound. So when the Lord speaks, there is a sound. There is something that you hear. And because you know it's God's voice, you are aware of that and you know that sound and it is always a sound that is associated with joy. Mm -mm. So peace and joy. And we're talking about going into these areas where you have tremendous confidence in knowing what to do. Why? You have gone before the Lord, calling upon him and asking him a question. Now, yes, God answers many different types of prayer, but this is a prayer of inquiry. This is a prayer that has a question. Mm. And the Lord, my friends, will speak to you and give you the answer that you need, and attached to it will always be peace and joy, a relief of knowing what to do, and a joy of knowing this is the way that I'm supposed to go. Praise God. You know, I'm convinced that the prayer of Lord, give me, give me, give me 
It's not nearly as valuable as the prayer of, Lord, show me, show me, show me. Woo! See, in Jeremiah 33, 3, I will show you. I will show you the answer to your question. Mm, glory to God. <laughs> so, you might be wondering, Lord, show me the turn that I need to make so that the favor will begin to come on the scene that is necessary for me to move ahead. And God will do that. So this is something that you're going to have to be careful of. Don't go the way that you like, because that literally could end up being a dead end. Don't go away that in your mind you think, well, uh, I, I guess this is good. And you just start moving with that and you have not inquired of the Lord. Praise God. These are things that are important. And when you understand this and move into this, particularly in this season of the year, and you're moving quickly into the things that God has for you, then you'll have that certainty, that confidence. Why? Access through the prayer of inquiry, uh, inquiry waiting, positioning yourself. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, I had something very interesting happen uh, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. I was waiting on the Lord, and I was uh, discussing the hanger project with the Lord because I know that the Lord has, uh, has on his heart a, a hanger for this ministry, and then after the hanger, the appropriate aircraft for the, uh, for, that would go into the hanger, of course, and that's going to be a jet. And so I made inquiry there at the local airport where I live. Uh, what is available? Are there any hangers available? Now, at that, that, that time, there were not any hangers available, although there was a plot of land that is available to build a hanger on. And, well, I saw that, but I thought, well, you know, uh, you know why would I build if there's actually one available? But my wife, who hears very clearly from the Lord, she said, Stephen, um, that's a great lot. And not only uh, was it a very nice lot, they, they told me, the manager at the airport told me, that's the only lot left uh, within this whole segment of the airport. So that's basically the last one. Well, I thought, yeah, but, you know, hey, if there's a hangar available, that would be a lot better. And so I made some inquiry, and a wonderful ministry uh, made it uh, known to me and presented to me that they would sell me one of their hangers that they were not really using. It's a beautiful hanger. I had gone inside of it. I've even told you about it. And I thought, this is, going, this is really good. And I said, Lord, we need to get that hanger. And so I brought that need before you and shared that with you. And many of you have sewed into the hanger project. And we have those funds, and they are going to be used for the hanger project. But after we had received those funds and they're, they're setting in the, uh, the hanger account, I said, Lord, usually when we have raised, well, not usually, consistently, always, when we have raised money for various projects, the need is met. Sometimes, of course, not overnight. Some, some projects, whether it was like the, the new roof for the building or the parking lot project, you know, I can understand that those are projects that are big and money's come in. And eventually you were able to, you know, complete that project. And so even with the hanger project, 
I knew that this, this is something that I'm going to stay on until it is accomplished. But I felt still a little, what can I say, a little um, uh, weird in my spirit. And I said, Lord, um, I'm going to take a few days and and I'm going to ask you a question about this hanger. Lord, something, um, the mon- money has come in. So it's obviously not enough to buy that hanger. And that's a very nice hanger. But see, there were two things about that hanger, as good as it is, that I, I just, maybe I was overriding them. Number one, there's no parking. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's wrong with that? Why, why would you need parking? I need parking for who? Guess who? For you. Because when you sow into this ministry, when you are supporting this ministry, I want you to be able to come and see with your own eyes what your money has contributed to. And I'm not just talking about souls won to the Lord and lives touched and things like that. I want you to be able to see the ministry property, the ministry facility. And when we have the hangar, if you would like, I'd like for you to be able to drive out there, have a parking spot where you can get out and touch it and say, praise God, I sowed into this. Well, this one hanger that was being offered to me did not have any accessible parking for any visitors. So I thought, well, that's uh, that's kind of a drawback, but I thought, well, that's okay, you know. So I kind of overrode that. And then there was another thing. Uh, this hanger that was presented to me, although it's a very nice hanger, uh, did not have any office space on the inside of it. And I thought, well, Lord, I'm going to be down here a lot praying and, uh, you know, traveling in, in and out of this place, uh, and there's no office. And once something is built, then it becomes more difficult to put something else inside of it. And uh, so there was no office, and uh, the only place really to put an office would be on the back side of it. And then you've got to move sewer lines and you've got to move all kinds of other lines. And then, and then it's like trying to build a ship inside of a glass bottle. And you're, you know, you're thinking this seems to be not the right way to do this. But I thought, oh Lord, it's still a great hanger. And it's being offered to me by a ministry that's an absolutely uh, fantastic ministry, winning souls around the Lord, uh, around the world. And, um, uh, I, I won't tell you what the ministry is, but it's a ministry that I guess it would re- remind you of what a lady would carry her money in and also would have, would have a lot to do uh, with the name of the parable with the Good Samaritan. So if you can put those two things together, you know about which fantastic ministry I'm talking about. I just thought, Lord, it'd be great to be their neighbor, to be right next to them. Literally, they have my hanger next to their hanger. So, uh, you know, so I kind of overrode the two things, no parking, no, no offices or anything like that. And, uh, but still I was like, Lord, hmm, I wonder, I, I wonder if this is really, I, I feel, I feel it's a good thing. I know you want us to have a hanger, but Lord, please, I've got a question. So help me to get this totally, completely ironed out. And I presented it to the Lord as a question. And then I weighed it. I weighed it and I stayed expectant. And uh, about about uh, ten days went by, and I was at home. I was upstairs in home in my office, and I was just hanging out, and I was doing some things in my office, and my mind was at a very relaxed state. I wasn't even really thinking about anything except I think I was moving some furniture or something like that. And the Lord, the Lord walked into my room, <laughs> and he got right to the point. <laughs> He said, that hanger is not for you. I said, I said, okay. 
I said, but Lord, what am I to do? What, what hanger is for me? He said, that plot of land at the south end of the airport, that one is for you. And I was just like, oh my goodness. I, and I just, I just knew again, inquire of the Lord. Now I wish that I would have inquired deeper of the Lord. You know, I, how can I say? I knew God wanted us to have a hanger. And I know the Lord has aviation plans for this ministry. And being there's only one hanger available that was presented, I thought surely that must be it. But the whole time, the Lord's like, no, it's that, it's that last remaining lot that you can secure. And uh, so I realized, okay, so God wants, he wants this ministry to build a hanger. Now the cost will be a little bit more than the one that was being offered to us. But you know what? I'm just going to continue to stay in faith. I'm going to keep the hanger account open. But I'll, I'll say one thing. I have now certainty about what we are supposed to do as we move the aviation branch of the ministry forward. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that sowed into the hangar project. And those funds are there. And what we will do is that we will focus on that lot, the last one that remains, and we will build a 100 by 100 square foot hangar. That's the size that we have to build it because that's what the county requires. And I will begin to get uh, some plans drawn up for the hangar design. That way we can get an accurate uh, quote of what the uh, the price is going to be. Although I pretty much already know uh, what it's going to be because it comes down to square footage and I know the square footage and know, I know how much they charge. So it's going to be a little bit more than what the hangar was that was presented to us. But yet when we build this one, we will have the size we want. It will have the office uh, support that's needed and it will also have parking, praise the Lord, so that you can come and see the hangar that you have helped this ministry to raise up. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, this little local airport, maybe a small airport, you know, we're about two hours from Charlotte, but this little airport, there, there's hardly, there's not a, there's not a corporate jet that you can't, that you could think of that has not landed here. I've seen every type of jet out there from Gulf Streams to Falcons to, um, to just oh, on and on it goes. They all, they all land here. Everything from the Citation 10s and the uh, Bombardier jets and all on and on it goes. So it's a very, very active and busy airport. And I believe the Lord has a place for us. Pastor Stephen, how did you come to this final realization? By inquiring of the Lord. <laughs> I, I would even be uh, more specific. By inquiring with a more specific question. So I think that's what we can do sometimes. We can get, we can pick up on the radar image. We can track it. We can know what God wants. But then we have to get into the nitty gritty. Mm -mm. And I thought, surely it's this. God said, no. Matter of fact, the Lord pointed. He even pointed in that, in that visionary experience. He pointed. He said, no. He said, it's that last remaining plot of land that is available there at the south, the south end of the airport. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Glory to God. So my friends, let's continue to stay in faith and move towards that. And I want to say thank you for everyone that has sown into the hangar project. And so we're going to construct a hangar to the glory of God. And I tell you, it really feels good knowing what God wants and what God decrees. I don't want anything 
that the Lord doesn't want. I don't want to touch, I don't want to hold anything that God does not have for me. Praise the Lord. But what he does have for me and what he does have for you, that, those are areas that we need to stay on task and fulfill those assignments and bring glory to the Lord. Praise God. All right, so I want to pray for those of you that you have some questions and you want to clear up any uncertainty. Just lift your hands. Heavenly Father, I just pray right now that you would, in their heart, by your Holy Spirit, help them to formulate the question that they need to ask you. And I believe for many, they're going to get their answer within three days, within three days, and they're going to be praying in the Spirit and having an expectancy, and you're going to show them. They're going to call unto you, and you're going to show them what the answer is. Now, Father, we thank you that it may not be, the answer may not come in a visionary form, like what happened with me, with that experience I had with the Lord. But Father, even still, you're going to show them in a very uncertain, excuse me, in a very certain way. And once they know, peace and joy will come into their hearts. Now, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. Bless your people in Jesus' name. You know, I contacted the ministry that offered uh, me the hanger to purchase, and I thanked them, and I said, I said, it's a beautiful hanger, but I said, I'm supposed to focus over here on building on this lot, and they spoke words of blessing to me and said, everything's totally, totally fine, and, uh, you know, their ministry is continuing to grow, our ministry is growing, and the Lord is good, praise God. So sometimes you have to kind of feel things out. But along with our feeling out, let us continue to ask those questions. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today's program and you have never asked the greatest question, which is a cry out to God of God, save me. If you'll do that right now, he will answer you immediately. So if you don't know Christ and you want to receive him, receive him into your heart, then pray this prayer right now, and God's going to answer it right now. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Save me from my sins. I turn from sin. I give my life to you. Jesus, wash me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, in your name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. There's the peace and there's the joy. I told you he would save you. And those of you that have prayed that prayer, the Lord has done just that. And the rest of you rejoice because your answer is coming as it's coming as well. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's take Holy Communion today. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. And as we're getting ready to receive communion, let me also say that if you would like to support the Hanger Project, I would appreciate that. And you can sow into that. You can visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There's a link on the homepage that's orange. It says projects. If you click on that, you'll see the Hanger Project. Let's do it this year. Hallelujah. Let's construct and build a hanger out there this year. And of course, 
it'll have parking. Praise God. <laughs> parking for you. <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. How come the other one didn't have parking? It was in an area where there was no public parking. It's totally gated and chained off. You couldn't even have gone through the back door. But with this one that we're going to construct, there will be parking for visitors. Hallelujah. All right, let's take communion together. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it. And we sanctify it as being holy, and that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the flesh of Christ, we thank you, O God, that you answer prayer and you also answer prayer questions. So, Father, as the prayers of inquiry are going up, we thank you that you're going to make us like David. We're winning because we've inquired and have got the response, and we're running with that response from victory to victory. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for the blood of Jesus all over our minds, all over our brains, all over our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. We thank you for the blood of Jesus over every memory. We thank you, Father, that we are washed clean with the blood of Jesus. And we thank you for the blood, the communion affecting health and strength in our bodies. That, Father, while there is the miracle of healing, we thank you for the greater work, which is divine health. And as we receive communion, we thank you, Father, as we receive the blood. We thank you for health in our bodies, to live for you and to bring you glory, and to be active doing what you've called us to do, free from sickness and disease and pain. Now, Father, we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's precious blood. Glory. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. My friends, it's time for you to access the realm of certainty. The Holy Spirit has formulated that question. I want you to take some time now, present it to the Lord, pray in the Spirit. Give God about 20 minutes of praying in the Spirit. And then continue to stay in faith and expectancy. When you have, have a little more free time, pray a little bit more in the spirit and keep going. And the Lord's going to speak and give you the answer. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for supporting the Hanger Project. God bless you. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.